Guys, this is the Relax Running Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. I'm your host. This is episode 115, and we're joined by a returning visitor by the name of Matt Clark. If you don't know Matt, he, uh, in sensational style, qualified for the Olympics over the 3,000-metre steeplechase earlier this year, and uh, I was really keen to pick his brains about how it all went, about the whole experience, about the qualification period. It was a it was a really crazy qualification process. You're going to enjoy hearing about how we are. Uh, how we went about it. Hey, really, uh, really insightful conversation. I loved uh, a lot of what Matt spoke about today, particularly how he approaches races um, in more downtime periods of his training routine, where he's uh, not as fit as he knows he he could be. Uh, it was it was really refreshing. I've been in the sport for a long time and uh, hadn't heard anyone speak with such wisdom, such insight about his approach to his uh, his racing schedule. So. You're going to enjoy this one. Just a quick reminder, obviously, relax running more than just distance running. If you're in a running-based sport, particularly right now uh, being November, if you're an AFL player, man or woman, regardless of your fitness level or your um, player position, jump onto relaxrunning.com slash AFL. We've got an annual membership, um, which gives you a variety of options. It gives you a three-phase training program to lead you from now all the way through to round one and beyond. And uh, depending on what exactly you're looking for, you and I might work one-on-one together in tailoring that training program specifically for you. So relaxrunning.com slash AFL, check that out. But for now, sit back, relax, enjoy this episode with the great man, Matt Clark. What's going on? Oh, not much. I guess I've just settled back into work. Uh, I've been working pretty um hard recently actually so um i guess making the olympics was pretty good for marketing for work so i've been able to get my patient load up a bit and um yeah c- contribute a bit more to the community i guess which is nice you still got people coming to see you even with that mustache have you yeah, <laughs> yeah i guess i guess i guess the, the the squad's doing the good thing and um doing the november thing so i'm uh i I'm, I'm probably doing enough fundraising at the moment with a, with a few other companies, but I'd grow it to like raise awareness and kind of, you know, spread the, spread the nice message, which I think is a good thing this time of year. Yeah, no, You'll never see me without it, though. I, sh- I shaved this for my chin, but um, I said you can't pay me to shave my actual mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I saw a photo of um, Adam Diddick on Instagram the other day. He took a selfie. I reckon it suits him. I feel like you guys are pulling. I look like an <laughs> idiot. Like I... Uh, I have like that three o'clock shadow. You know, when you, you just haven't shaved for a few days, it's seriously the only part of my face I can get anything going is like just above the, uh, the upper lip. And I've never, yeah, I've, never been compl- I've never been complimented for it. <laughs> so <laughs> you're yeah, probably a better yeah. bloke than me just, uh, and just and doing the right thing for November. I'm too, I'm too yeah. vain. Yeah, I guess it's less of a risk for me because I, I probably rock it most of the year around anyway. So people just learn for it uh, to, to, to be like this. Actually, what was pretty cute actually, I did these um these Colesville Athletics visits for Athletics Australia and Coles, of course. And um I went to Tea Tree Gully um athletic little athletics center over here in SA and um they all drew mustaches on to look like me. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty cute. <laughs> that's when you know, yeah. See, no one, no one that I've known with young kids have ever drawn a mustache to celebrate my arrival. <laughs> so it's probably not enough going in my yeah, they're, all, they're all hiding the kids away when you're rocking up with the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Correct. Especially with this shirt and my uh, my wide rim glasses when I wear them. And uh <laughs> yeah, it causes more questions to be asked than anything. But dude, it's been a uh, been a while. I had Jess on here the other day. I don't know if you saw, and we were talking about you. Yeah. And she goes, mate. I was actually, I was actually thinking about shooting you another message, and uh, 
we got talking about you during the podcast and I was like, all right, I got to, I got to reach the great, reach out to the great man. Cause mate, there's, there's been plenty going on since, uh, since last time we chatted, but wait, most impressive before we get to the, uh, the probably the, the real impressive stuff um, was your pacing for Jess. What a bloody, what a bloody good pacemaker. If I hadn't known you could pace someone around for a 225 marathon, I would have tried to jump on board. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, it's it's hard to get everyone over there at the moment, though. Like Perth are, are pretty strict on the whole board. And so it's, I guess, tough for you guys being in Victoria. But um, yeah, I, I guess it's something that I'd, I'd, I'd never really dabbled in ever, like running, I guess, nearly two hours. At a, at, a, at a pretty brisk place so I had no idea how it went but um like she was awesome too like I think she she gave me a lot of confidence to just trust myself because like I, I remember warming up with her the day before and I said look don't don't worry about being rude to me like if, if I'm off pace just yell at me just yeah. say faster slower whatever and I think um I think like and I think she might have mentioned as well she was saying like she was like quite relaxed having like me over there and as a whole learning experience in itself so I think we kind of like really fed off each other and in that regard and I think that helped both of us like have really good results me for dragging her through and then her like executing it as well it all worked really well in the end did you hit 30k yeah I did so I got to 32.4k yeah oh, wow last 20 miles yeah, I was I was hoping to get so the original plan was at least twenty five, and then I kind of thought, well, I can I'll get to thirty, um, I'll, I'll push it out to thirty, and like kind of maximum thirty five, but uh, like again, I I never it's a completely different kind of fatigue that I never experienced before. I remember I said to her at about twenty twenty six k, um, I was like to her. No, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'll, I'll get you to at least 30. And I remember about 28K just started really creeping up on me. And I was like, oh, gee, I've spoken a bit soon here. Man, I know the exact feeling. I um, I can't remember if I told you last time I had you on, but with that, that I've only ever done one marathon. And with that one marathon, I, um, I had my dad at the 21K and I went through in, it was way faster than it should have been. I Like based on my fitness at the time, it was, I think I went through in 119. And I was like, mate, Okay. I think this is my career back on track. I'm going to come home negative split <laughs> and run 235. And people are going to be like, so Toss was just a marathon runner and no one realized. <laughs> and um, man, no kidding. I, I got to even 24K. I was like, I'm, I'm good. And then 25K, something in my body just went, nah, all right, you're done. Pack up. And <laughs> I just could not get the body to function. You're right. You nailed it when you said it's just a, a completely different kind of fatigue, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. what, what kind of, when you're doing long runs, what what kind of distance are you hitting in your are you doing two hours when you're doing your long runs through the yeah. year? Yeah, so I'll probably get them up to 30k, but um I mean they're just so much slower. Yeah. I'm doing them at like 415. Like, like maybe we'll throw a pickup in there sometimes, but like even with the pickup, um, the whole average of the run's still like 350. So um like 326s for 30 for 32 and a half. So like it's a completely different beast. It's yeah. I probably like reckon. It's more of a similar feel. It's like a really long tempo run. So like, I, I don't do them as much anymore, but like sometimes I do 40 minute tempo runs. Um, and I guess like you, you've got a lot less cotton wool around you for them. So you, you're getting like no drinks handed to you. You're getting no like gels handed to you and there's no amp of the race. So it, it kind of feels like it's a similar fatigue to that. Just obviously a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy event. So you obviously, you didn't adjust your training or anything for that specifically. That was just thrown in as part of your training. Oh, no, like we did a little bit. Uh, 
like not heaps. I probably did like two or three sessions with Jess just to kind of like practice running harder for longer. And, and probably more than anything, settling into her pace and learning what 326 felt like. Like I, I just never do stuff at 326s. It's a bit of like a dead zone for me. Mm. Like we, we have like jogging and then steady, like sometimes we'll do like steady-ish, but that's like 330 to 340. And then kind of from there, like the, the next kind of zone we use a lot is 315 or faster so um we, we never really dabble in the 326 so more than anything it was just practice pacing her for for, for a, a couple of sessions and and learning i guess what it feels like to be out there running relatively hard for a relatively long time yeah she was telling me about some sessions she did which was like i think it was three by five k at her goal yeah. marathon pace were you in that one with her yeah, yeah. So that, that's probably the, the main one that just brings to mind. I did a couple of like tempo-y, fart like like long tempo fart like type stuff. But yeah, that's that's the one that springs to mind that um we we really practice like what we're gonna be doing for race day, that one. Yeah, man, how crazy is it? I remember um I can't remember what's the name of the place. Me and you, I reckon it was the last time we ran together. Actually, I think it was when I was training for that marathon that I oh and it was after that. I was planning to do like the 20. 21 before victoria is, is it the event yes we had all those people yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. we were ticking along at like a, a pretty nice pace i remember um like the pace we we're running at i was looking at my watch going all right this is my gold marathon pace and, yeah. uh, and you were talking about i, I think I, I don't know if i'm making this up but i think around that time you were you were sort of planning on heading over to to south australia mm. it's crazy how much um how much is sort of come together for not not just you but like the group over there i was looking at is it caitlin and i was looking at isaac yeah um obviously yourself and jess and i'm sure there's there's plenty of names i'm missing but mate you guys are you guys are rocking and rolling yeah like i mean we've been extremely fortunate um i guess the south australia is obviously much smaller place than the east coast where most people are so we've kind of avoided a lot of like lockdowns and restrictions and stuff like that which in one sense, obviously, it gives you the obvious that we have more racing, but I think two as well has allowed us to really just focus on on training and and learning the group more, learning to train and utilize the group more, and then that's really shown. I think recently now, like that everything's starting to open back up, and you're seeing guys like Isaac go to uh, Bernie Tan and just like power everyone up i think that the gains we've been able to make by just like learning all those things and, and refining a lot um i think are now really starting to show which is which is great <laughs> yeah he's he's rocking man what is he 21 21 yeah yeah he's gonna be a star i reckon dude get stuck into him because i've, I've we've been trying to organize a podcast and um he's he's famous now so he can't come on <laughs> well, he's, no, he's, he's a busy guy as well like to his credit he's he's um you know like nailing all these all these races he's smashing me in training and on top of that too he's doing a physio degree um he's on placement at the moment um and and he works um at the running company as well so he, he has a lot on his you know he's been living out the last few years so he's um he's got a lot in his plate for such a young guy so it's, it's pretty amazing to see him juggle all that and still get the results he's getting yeah man it is insane it's weird i don't know how you find this like obviously you said you're, you're pretty busy at the clinic at the moment but it is interesting just watching the the ways that different people respond to um like different levels of busyness in their life i, I know i'm the kind of guy i feel the busier i am the more i get done it's um mm. like i was a shocker at uni i always laugh with, with one of my best mates over here because um obviously you have one class 
and you'd go to your class sometimes. Well, this is me. I'm not, I'm not putting words in your mouth. You're much yeah. more qualified than I was. <laughs> and, um, uh, and then like the only other job for the day was go to the shops and then go for a run. And for me, if I wasn't busy, going to the shops was like the hardest task of my day. But if I had to be up at like yeah. eight and it was just like bang, 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 I, I seem to yeah find that nice level of level of flow. So it sounds like he's he's tapped into something pretty nicely there. But yeah, I, I'm glad to hear that because I sent him a couple of Instagram messages and I was like, mate, like I wish you could hear my tone of voice. I'm a lovely guy. You really just want to come and chat. He's like, sorry, <laughs> mate. We'll try again next week. <laughs> yeah, no, he's 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 a he's a real busy guy. I think um I think and then I think I remember um, when I was at uni too. Um, so dietary is a similar kind of vibe courses as physio and I remember being a lot tougher than, than things are now that I'm finished you know like I, th I think it's probably when you're at uni you're balancing um uni work and running and I think it's really hard to do all three of them well but I think it's very achievable to take two of them well so whether that just be uni and running if you know you're good enough to be a professional or if like you're fortunate enough to have a, a situation where someone's supporting you or if it's just work and running, I think that's that's achievable as well. But I think the combination of three, um, it's it yeah, you have to work really hard to find that real sweet spot. I think it's achievable. Like I mean, Isaac's showing that at the moment, mm. but it's it's just tricky. You've got a smaller sweet spot. So I'm I'm finding like even though I'm busy in the clinic and my life's a lot easier than when I'm at uni. Is that right? Is that, yeah. are you full are you full time at the clinic or are you working part time? um so i'm i'm more part i'm probably do about 25 i actually had to um work it out just before when i was redoing my registration i think i, I think i work about 25 to 30 hours a week okay so still time. still a solid amount yeah 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 what's that what does that work out to how many is that is it like six hours a six hours each work day sort of thing or is that like eight or nine hours three days a week that you're doing what do i do so i do mondays a really short day i just do like the morning uh tuesday i get off uh wednesday i do a full day and it's really long that's i go rurally for that one so i'm i'm 8 30 to about 5 30 but i'm also got an hour drive on each end of that um and then thursday i am in the morning but a touch later than monday so i go to like early afternoon um friday i do the whole afternoon like after training and then i do alternating saturday mornings with me. oh yeah yeah, yeah, that's good. So that's, you just do the summer work week. Yeah. Are you guys doing a, a three session week? Um, do you usually have a no, session? No, we're doing two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're just doing two, which I think works perfectly. Like, I think um, it gives you, again, that whole sweet spot thing, it gives you a bit more wiggle room, which yeah. is really nice. So, um, you know, it, like sometimes, I guess, you, you get a bit carried away at training and you, you push a bit too hard. And it's easier to, I guess, uh, save yourself when you've got two days recovery instead of one day recovery between you it's, it's a real and again i think you can do three sessions a week you just have to be um um like very very controlled and make sure you're, you're not getting carried away at all because it's, it's easy to dig yourself a hole yeah so that is that third session oh not that session that third day is is that almost like a lighter tempo run or is that just another are you sort of doing two pretty solid days and five fairly easy days i know long yeah, runs a funny one because it's easy and Sorry, yeah, the sessions are pretty solid. Yes, yeah, so we do Tuesday, Friday is our session. Oh yeah, yeah. And and we yeah we probably have um, increased their their size and capacity both in intensity a little bit and in like duration as well. Sometimes like they blow out for, like twelve k's worth of work, um, but sometimes as well if if the sessions haven't been too bad, we'll throw in a bit of a pickup on our Sunday as well. But we just kind of leave that there as a bit of a 
Um, not a overly consistent thing in our program all the time, because again, like people sometimes race on a Saturday. So this we'll, we'll take that pick up, pick up off on Sunday if we need it. Um, again, again, if we've had like a huge session on Friday, um, we'll just be digging ourselves a hole by doing that pick up. So it's, it's kind of there if we want it, but it's not something that we constantly put in all the time. Yeah, sure. What, what kind of pace are you rocking around on your Sunday runs? Um, so it's it's pretty cruisy. Like we probably go like 420s, 4, oh, it yeah. depends a little bit where we go, like yeah. just 420s, 430s, maybe 415s. The pickups we get rolling a bit. I mean, I think our last pickups we're getting down to 306 pace. Oh, bloody um, hell. What is that the yeah. the last like how 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 many Ks? Is it like the last the last time last time we did um we did three by two k one k float kind of like near the end like we had like 15 minutes left over so we just finished off the long run but yeah we had we had three by two k with one k float in between i think the first ones were at probably what were they i think just just under three tens second ones were about a touch faster again like three three eight three seven and then yeah the last ones were worked down to about three or six Mm-hmm. man that's not mucking around that's good so is that is that pretty much the whole obviously the whole group's not able to keep up that one pace but pretty much everyone runs to um the guys that were there like the, the like in, in terms of top end aerobic guys like we were we were all like around the mark um we actually adam adam's actually had to adjust the bar a little bit. we all got our like um vo2 and, and zones tested the other day and um it I, I, I guess he's pleasantly surprised, which is always a great thing. And he's had to actually adjust our zones a little bit and, and start putting a bit more intensity into our training a bit. We, um, we're, we're a bit further ahead than what we were, I guess, a few years ago when last time we got the group tested, which is always great. That's awesome, man. Had you, so you'd had a VO2 max test before? Uh, this is my first VO2 max test, but I think Adam's tested some of the some of the group. Before. I think Max has had a couple before. Yeah. So how does it work? This is the what first time I've been in... I'm sorry, go on. No, nah, sorry, bro. If I ever cut you, I think there's like a very slight delay. So if I cut you off, you just, you've got the right away. Um, okay. I was, I was going to ask you, now that you've thrown it back to me and I've, I've, I'm speaking again, I was going to ask yeah. you, uh, yeah, so it's just on the on the treadmill. How do they operate that? Like, is it a, a gradual increase? Or are you doing sort of repetitions or like what, what's the process of getting your VO2 max? They, they can't, they, they work at your um, running economy and your, your, your submaximal zones first. Um, so they, they, they basically get you on there for four minutes at like slowly increasing speeds that, that aren't too hard and they, and they test, like you've got your whole mask set up so they're measuring how much oxygen you're using um, versus like how much lactate you're producing and, and et cetera. And then um, once they've got the submaximal worked out, then they'll uh, hook you up to the, to the basically it just keeps, like it, it's at, 20k an hour and then they just inc- keep increasing the incline on it and then the idea behind that is that one so that one's your vo2 max test that one is basically you just get into full exhaustion using as much oxygen as your body gets in and that's effectively what a vo2 max test is they're measuring how much oxygen you, you're using so are you ta- are you are you all strapped on like because when you say exhaustion that's um I know, yeah. I know distant runners have a reputation for being able to push themselves pretty hard so yeah what happens you just slide off the back of the treadmill <laughs> yeah well that, that's literally what happened to me <laughs> um, oh, oh no I crash mat at the back just in case and um they say give us a thumbs up if you definitely find to do another they, they do it every 30 seconds so they, they say give us a thumbs up if you definitely find to do another 30 seconds and give us a maybe and we'll finally be close on the stop button and um like just you always know, just tell us to stop when you're done 
and um, like 30 seconds. I can always do another 30 seconds. So I kept giving the thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. And then on my last one, I gave the thumbs up. The, the, the incline happened. And I just started drifting backwards a little bit. And I think before like the workout was going on, I just couldn't lift my knee high enough. And I just like slid out under it. And then oh, up on the crash mat. Yeah. Dude, oh, that's good. I was going to ask if they had the crash mats all set up at the back. Yeah, it's all set up. Like, it's, it's not uncommon for it to happen. Yeah. And then all the mask and stuff that's on there, like it's all just oh, like, yeah. it all just falls off. It's not, it's not that difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was fine. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even get a little, I didn't even get any bruises or anything. I, I went for a 30 minute jog afterwards. I worked, at, I worked at Joggers World in Adelaide back in 2006 when I was training with Adam. And I remember um, in like my first month there, I was a questionable employee. Like they probably shouldn't have chosen me. Uh, but one of the, um, uh, one parent came in and we we're just trying on shoes and they had a treadmill in like the back right-hand corner of the old building. And um, <clears throat> anyway, so I'd been trained like, hey, once you're Nicky Mangos, I don't know if he's still around, um, but uh, I'd been trained to, you know, put the shoes on and then give them a little test run and see how they go. Anyway, I said to this kid, he was probably 12, way too young to be on there by himself. Mate, hey, give these ones a test run. Anyway, as I went out the back to just go find another couple of styles for him, I heard him revving up the um, revving up the treadmill. I was like, oh, surely he's fine. <laughs> anyway, mate, I, I came back out into the main part of the store and real similar image to you. He was um, he was like sort of gradually coming back to the back of the treadmill. And before I knew it, he just completely stacked it and got thrown into the uh into the wall oh, and uh mate it just it looked terrible on my behalf but it's just it's one of those ones where you just you piss yourself laughing just even though you know oh. crap i think i'm gonna get fired it's just so <laughs> it's like watching someone fall downstairs you're like okay i feel real bad for you but also you've just made my day <laughs> yeah i think it looks worse than what it is too like i, I feel like a treadmill tends to cop uh, a fall pretty well because because it's moving like it keeps you kind of rolling moving as, as you fall off it and um, especially as like when I did it, I don't know what your case is like, but mm -hmm. fortunately when I did it, because the incline's going up too, you don't actually fall that far. Like you're falling up a hill, which is Oh, that's bad. a good point. Yeah. And then, and you, so you fall up a hill and then they push you down a hill. So it's not too bad. Yeah, man. That's so funny. That's so funny. So what are you, like, what's the, uh, what's the aim at the moment? It's a, what, what month is it? November, you're getting ready for track season, hopefully. Like it, it looks like things are going to start to relax if bloody Victoria gets their act together um yeah well, i think they're doing uh you've you've got a slightly more progressive approach than us at least oh man i'm not sure i'm not sure I, don't get me started bro because i start getting too I start getting too grumpy um i'm sure i'm sure so many people are sick anyone who follows me on instagram even myself i'm like oh dude shut up stop no one cares about your dumb opinion <laughs> but um yeah man hopefully hopefully things are looking up but What's the what's sort of in the back of your mind at the moment? Obviously, you've got races and stuff um, through South Australia mm. if you need them, but yeah, you're looking at things so, like um, Zarek and stuff if they go ahead. Yeah, so we'll see how we go. I'm I'm probably still fairly unfit. Like we did, um, we, we did a fair few array of tests on this day, and I'm I'm, I'm probably still. I think out of reckons, I'm probably about two months behind the rest of the group still. So I'm, I'm very much just hanging on at training. Um, I don't mind though using, I was, I was having a chat to him last night and I don't mind using this period as kind of like a, um, even though I'm not in peak form, I feel like you can still get a lot of race practice out of like rocking up to the start line out of form. You just kind of need to adjust your goals a bit, obviously. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm rocking up to, I, I used the example of like, you know, I'm, I guess I'm rocking up to a race where I'm, I just have to tell myself I'm not really the favourite. And I have to just outrace these guys that, that usually I just run away from, no worries. 
Um, and I just got to, I guess it's good practice for when, if I ever go overseas, um, I'm going to be in races with guys that are heaps better than, you know, like maybe Steve Wood, but like, you know, eight, 15 guys. And I have to learn to outrace them rather than just outrun them. Um, so it's, it's good practice from that. So that's, that's probably, I guess, the mentality I'm taking into at least anything before Christmas. Um, and maybe the start of January as well, but I guess we'll see how we go. Like, um, you, you, you put all the plans in place to be like, be ready at this point, be ready at that point. Um, and Adam's probably a bit more savvy and all that. And that's obviously why he's the coach. Um, but we'll, we'll probably just see how my body's responding in terms of that. So we've, we've, we've got a, I guess, a draft plan of the season and, and how we want it to go from there. But I think, you know, there's a huge race coming up, say like um, Melbourne 5K that's going to be nationals. If for whatever reason, I'm in absolutely rubbish shape for it. There's probably some races you don't want to rock up to out of format. Yeah. So, uh, but, but then, for example, like I'm doing um, SA 5K champs in just under two weeks which borders will be open for, for anyone on the East Coast who wants to come over and get a good race. So the borders are open three days before that. Um, last year, we ran 13.52 for the win, which I think was the fastest for any state champs um, in, in Australia, the 5K. So I'll be racing that. And I probably won't be in, um, you know, potentially PB shape, but I'll, I'll be giving it an absolute nudge for the win, no doubt. And that's, a, I guess, trying to use my wits a bit more than my body. Man, I love that attitude. It's a really, I'd never thought of that really, like uh, just adjusting your, your expectations. Because I think it, it's, it's definitely a skill to develop, like that idea of getting to a start line and, and really knowing what form you're in and knowing what you're hoping to get out of the race. Because it could just, if you go into that race, knowing how fast you run at full fitness um, <clears throat> without thinking about what your current fitness level is or your current plan is, it could be super disheartening to have like an up and come outrun you if you're not going in with the mm-hmm. mindset that you've just explained. And um, I, I noticed the same thing in the in the stand-up comedy world. Like, bro, last night I went out to Ballarat and uh, it's something that if you don't get your head around before you get up on stage, it can be so disheartening. So some rooms you go to, then it's like a full house. There's a great lineup of comedians. People are there. They're paid to see comedy. And if you bring out your new material or your rubbish stuff that you're just out of format, you just you look like a dickhead and the audience gets uncomfortable because they're just watching you bomb. And But the flip side of that, if you go to a place like where I was at last night, there was nine people in the audience. It was spread out across like a massive bar. Um, it was just, you go, all right, we're here to try new material. Even if you kill this, even if you have the best night of your life, it's going to sound like you're bombing because nine people laughing is fairly quiet. So yeah. it's, a, it's a nice <laughs> attitude to take in. You don't beat yourself up too much at the end of that. And uh, it also, mm. as you say, like that idea of race practice for, for a runner's perspective, the idea of actually rocking up there and, as you say, practicing on uh, outrunning these guys, that's, a, that's an undervalued thing. Like I've, I've been in the sport now for over 20 years and haven't heard people speak about that, like just yeah. that taking I mean, in a, a, a level of fitness. Like, I guess it's relatively a fairly like egotistical sport. Like people kind of rock up a lot of the time for the kind of let everyone know they've arrived and I'm here and I'm going to knock it out of the park and show off how good I am kind of thing. But I guess if you, I guess, block that out and you, you, you take a bit more, a bit more of a personal objective approach to it and you can find reasons, I guess, of getting something out of the race, then um, I think it removes all those um, reasons to only ever rock up super fit um, and, and I, I think that's quite important too like 
I mean, again, it's personal specific, you know, it's what drives you. But like for me, like I need the race practice and um, I can't just rock up in a race every single week with say like superstars in the sport. Like, you know, like I can't just rock up and race Morgan McDonald. I can't just rock up and race Pat Tiernan. So um, some, of the, some of the toughest racing I might get is when I'm unfit. And so I've mm. kind of got to take advantage of that really. I, I see it as an advantage. That's a great way to look at it. How do you how do you go? Like, how do you actually feel? Is that something that through practice you've been able to get comfortable with? Or have you always been pretty happy with the fact that you know that you're not necessarily in top shape right now? Um, so it's not going to be as fast as what you could if you were in top shape. Yeah, I think um, I didn't always think like this. Yeah. Like everyone, especially like when you're a, 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 like a young guy, you're, you're massively egotistical. I think most guys are, you know, when they're in their early 20s. Um, you know, they got testosterone pumping and they want to show off kind of thing. But I think, um, yeah, like, and probably this year it's been easier to do because I've, I've come back into a squad that's firing, like from mm. Tokyo. So I've, I had my um, two weeks quarantine, came back. And like, you just, like, you're going to, you spend two weeks in a room, like, how fit are you going to be? So I guess, yeah, yeah, you can either let it, I guess, overcome you and just sit on the sidelines and, and just, I don't know, do monotonous training or you can, um, I'm a bit of, I guess, a, a, a brainstormer and I'm, I'm always trying to like look at advantages where I can get them. Um, one advantage I kind of thought is like, well, this is a great opportunity to um, practice my racing. So I, I basically went back to racing straight away. And um, I guess, like, for example, I did um, the, 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 the 5K here, Fitzy's five, and um, I wasn't in great shape and I, uh, I think like Isaac absolutely belted me in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so where's up to as I said in 55, Dan and Dan and Max are probably in better shape than me. So I thought the only way I'm gonna beat them is I need to like work out some some way to I guess like test them, read how they're going in the race. And I think if I if I see kind of any signs of like doubt or anything, take advantage of it as soon as possible. And um, I guess, fortunately, I got to take advantage of that. Um, and I think that'll, like, leave me in really good stead going to tougher races. Like, like, like I said, like, if I'm in better shape when National 5K comes along, I'll be able to, like, hopefully, like, do some of those skills, like, read some better runners than me and, and try and take some bigger scalps there. Yeah, awesome, man. Awesome. So I'm just thinking it would have been, I wish you had a not answered Nita's phone call as your boss, and then I wouldn't have edited that part out. So I could just show him that <laughs> in the cold shoulder in the name of Relax Running Podcast. But... <laughs> you're, a better, you're a better employee than me dude you're um you mentioned briefly the aura ring that you left next door i saw it so john yeah. quinn who he's like mm-hmm. a i don't know if you know john quinn he's a, a sprint yeah, coach yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah um he he's a fan of the aura ring he had it on a, about 12 mm-hmm. months ago when i i did a podcast with him here in melbourne and uh he was walking me through some of the sets so is that is that something that you use on a regular basis to Monitor. I literally picked it up two days ago. So I, I went into um, Sassy to, to go over like my, my testing results and, and do a bit of planning. And um, one of the things they wanted to start tracking with me specifically was more my sleep and sleep quality. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm not a massive tech guy. I, I use the tech, but I don't read too much about it. Though the, the gist of it is based on this is one of the most like accurate tools on the market at the moment for, for tracking sleep and sleep quality so I've, I've been wearing it all the time because I'm, I'm kind of interested to see the whole global stats behind it all um but yeah they ideally they're actually tracking my so they've actually got my login details as well and they can like kind of track my sleep and report back to adam and and they can have discussions around like how my training's going and stuff like that which is all pretty interesting 
Awesome, man. It sounds dangerous, though. Hey, guys, it's 2 a.m. He's got training tomorrow morning, and he's on the dance floor. His heart rate's at 160. <laughs> so there's no hiding. There's no hiding anymore, is there? <laughs> yeah, that's right, brother. No, awesome, man. Awesome. So, dude, you um, you you, you touched on the the quarantine out of um out of Tokyo. Obviously, Tokyo is something I was I was keen to pick your brain about. But I'm so fascinated by two weeks of quarantine for for athletes. Like every time I hear an athlete just done two weeks of quarantine. Well, I know it's not just, but um, I'm fascinated to know how you handled it. Like, did you, so so two weeks in a room, did you have a treadmill? Um, Howard Springs, you couldn't get anything delivered other than food and Big W stuff. So you could get some gym stuff delivered to you from Big W, but um, I kind of just took advantage of two weeks off. I'm, I'm probably not one of those guys that um, is massively, I'm, um, like I'm like I need exercise in my day to be like emotionally stable. Like I mean, I I need exercise in my day for my physical health, but um I don't I don't need it in my day I guess to fulfill some like underlying emotional needs. So I kind of just took advantage of um the nice weather up there and I guess hung out. The the first week was good. I kind of spent a lot of time just like reflecting and everything and and uh, relaxing. But to be honest, the second week really dragged a bit. Um, so I basically just spent the vast majority of time on the phone to like my friends and family, just, um, I guess, just talking about everything, like not even just talking about the Olympics, talking about everything really. It's like kind of anything to pass time. Luckily for me, we had the Olympics on while I was in quarantine. So that, that kind of gave me something to watch too. But then, yeah, smashed a bit of Netflix and, and, and didn't really achieve anything I went in to achieve. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a good recovery period. So what, yeah. was, the, what was the name of the, the place you were staying at? Uh, we were in Howard Springs. Okay. So I think that's the only true, like, proper set-up quarantine facility in Australia. Yeah. Which is, to be honest, it's, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good setup. And I think... Um, I think the rest of Australia probably should have taken notes in in how they they did it in the early stages when like we didn't have um, a more appropriate way of like safety other than quarantine when you came in like they haven't had any leaks or anything and it it made a lot of sense what they were doing. Um, just on the flip side, it was just really tough being the person that is quarantining in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so are you um like with the with the way that's set up, are you as a bloke who's just returned, like at the so you're still stuck in a room or you're allowed out and about with the people that you've traveled with? Um nah. So you you you're meant to limit um how much I guess time you spend with people. So you you've got your own kind of cabin. So they're, they're similar, I don't know if you've been in one like mining cabin kind of thing. It's like I think oh, they I know what you're talking about. Like I know mining. I know the look of them, yeah. Yeah, so they're like a They've got a bed, bathroom, and desks with a small balcony, um, and they're all kind of next to each other. They're all like those like temporary, um, uh, like temporary building type vibes with, with the tin walls and all that. Um, so there's a red line that's basically like this is my side and that's your side. Um, so you can still chat to people on the balcony. You just can't go hang out with them. One I guess loophole that everyone took advantage of was. You're allowed to leave your balcony to do laundry. So people were doing laundry every day, sometimes twice a day. <laughs> yeah, that's unheard of. That's unheard yeah. of. You should see my like, my my laundry pile. Oh man. Yeah. yeah, far out. So um, so dude, walk us through. Um, I know I, I, this is something I was having a chat with Jess about the other day, and it was I was I was just enjoying it as a fan of running, just watching the random attempts that you were having to crack this uh, Olympic qualifying oh, yeah. time over the seafloor. I was. I, uh, you've changed my perspective on how fast you can run solo. That's for sure. It was nice to be mm -hmm. able to see, see you getting out and having a crack. Cause 
like the idea mentally, well, I don't know if this is true for you, but for me, I always used to love lining up in a big race with some, you know, really highly competitive blokes, hopefully slightly faster than me to drag me around and run a real fast time. But you didn't have the luxury. The, uh, the qualification period was, was running out and you were just, mate, you were just throwing a, what, what's the thing? What do you say? Throwing something to the wind. You know the expression I'm trying uh, to say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry yeah. about filling it in. Remember, you are yeah. having a bloody crack though. Um, yeah, yeah. So you walk us through that that sort of, what was it, like a month and a half kind of period where you were just throwing Hail Marys? Yeah, basically. So we went, um, I guess we finished nationals and um, initially my points looked fairly good after nationals. I was sitting like 30th. So I was like, oh. I mean, the window's been open for ages. Like, how many new people are just going to come out of nowhere and jump me? Um, and boy, very quickly they jumped me. So I was out of the, I was out of the qualifying pretty quick. And um, I guess we we worked out with points. I probably had to run virtually the qualifier anyway, which is, I guess, effectively what I did anyway. Um, so we, we went up there. The, I, I actually got really sick right before I went away. So I was in I was in hospital actually, and we couldn't actually work out what was wrong. I had like extreme like just abdominal pains, and um, I was handling it all like fine. And the, the only thing we can really put it down to is some kind of like stress trigger causing some like gastrointestinal, I guess, malfunction. Like we we like that. Like I just got every scan under the sun. I went to ED, got an endoscopy. Everything was fine, but like. I remember sitting in ED being like, I'm in like nine out of 10 pain. Like I can't function at the moment. Um, so that all happened two days before my first race in Gold Coast. And probably as expected, that race didn't go too well around 8.43. And then basically blew off some steam, put my head down and said, um, you kind of just have to, I guess, lure yourself into this psyche of just like... Um, you're someone you're not in 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 the sense that I guess objectively my PB at the time was 8.32 um and the start of the season my PB was 8.38 so I'd run fair like I had a fairly good season I'd, I'd run six and a half seconds PB so far but I needed another 10 and and I had two races and I had just my pacemaker maxi um and I think you just have to like just will yourself into believing you're someone you're, you're not and until you be, I guess basically like fake it till you make it right yeah, and um it's it's funny actually because then when the first one went around that 822.6 um I actually had like a like looking back at it like it was a phenomenal run it was a 10 second pb knocked it out of the park I had only maxi pay I mean to be fair maxi did a bloody awesome job and I am so thankful like he is yeah, I'm not probably ever going to find a better pace maker than Max Steve. Like to 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 be told that the um 2017, yeah, 2017 national champion is uh is 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 giving up his uh, own Olympic aspirations to go pace you is like I don't think I'm ever going to get a better opportunity than that ever. That's so to be fair, he did a great job. Um, but um, at the same time too, I kind of had to rise and, and be someone I wasn't. And, and at the time, even though I ran this amazing run. Um, me, Adam, who was up there as well, Max, my girlfriend, Annie, we went out for, for dinner afterwards and I was, I was just shattered. I was down in the dumps oh, feeling wow. awful. And because like I just missed a qualify by 0.6. Oh, so it's 8.22 flat was the time you needed. 8.22 flat, around 8.22.62 was my first one. 
and um, I was chatting to Jared Clifford the next day, or maybe it was that, like that night or the next day, and um, he goes to me, do you reckon you almost would have been happier if you were an 825? <laughs> and the funny thing is I probably would have probably been happier at the time running 825 because, like, there was no initial crushed feeling of missing it by, you know, nothing. Like, hmm. 0.6 is virtually probably, it's, it's like one person, like, really. Um, and I really jinxed myself at that point because then when I had another crap a week later, I missed it by 0.13. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's so and again, like um, that's frustrating. Yeah, and the front end thing as well, like it was raining. Um, Asics had given me a prototype spike. I didn't even have my size yet, so I'm squeezing into a shoe that's the same size as Max, who's a full size smaller than me. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a shoe that doesn't fit. I'm, I'm oh. in a, I'm, I'm in a raining environment, um, and you know, there's no one else really pushing me in the last K. So. To, to miss it by that much with all those factors really, I think, killed me a bit. I, I, I was so gutted. And, um, yeah, I mean, I went back to Adelaide, gave it another nudge. Adam was like, we can put a race on for you. He's like, I don't recommend you do it. I don't think there's any other. Um, and to his credit, he was right. I, I, missed it. I missed it by heaps. But um, I think if I hadn't made it and hadn't done that race, I don't think I would have been able to, I guess, like be comfortable with my decision. So from a psychological point of view, I had to do it just to kind of, you know, leave no stone unturned. But um, luckily, um, yeah, luck went my way. Um, even though I finished 46th and missed out, um, Athletics Australia were kind enough to extend the window in, in case someone was to pull out, which we heard there were rumours there might be. And that did happen. They rushed the paperwork through and they were able to get me in. So it was it was really like just elation at the end of it all, especially when you're you're pretty convinced that you're not you're not in there. I got an email saying like um your nomination for the Olympics has not gone through. We had to like Ben Buckingham and Ed Trippers for making the steeplechase team. Oh um, and like so we had to like um it was actually like Adam was probably more the more the one that was um I, I guess got me to do I was just down and dumps at that point. So I needed someone to kind of like, this is how you do life right now, kind of thing. <laughs> he's been, he's been good like, for that with me as well over the years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he's good like that. Yeah. He's, he's great at it. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah, yeah. Um and and that's exactly what I needed. He's like, look, we need a we need to contact Athletics Australia and, and, and tell them there's a, a, a chance that there's a there's another way in and and see if they'll extend the window for us and and, and they were they were great with it they they did that and um gave me the opportunity that if if they hadn't they would have just run 40 well they ran 44 but they would have run 43 at the olympics and and i would i would have missed out um yeah on my spot so what was the was it with all of that said it was because um did one of those athletes not end up going? So I don't, I don't really fully understand the yeah. qualification process. Yeah. So it's a bit, it's, and I guess it's the part that's not really advertised because it's all the technical element part at this point. So basically they, they have uh, the, the black and white qualifying bit that you, that everyone knows about is that there's a time you hit, you go, mm -hmm. um, presuming you're top in your country and your country nominates you. And then they fill the remaining spots um, down to 45 not if 45 athletes haven't got it now i finished 46 but there was a british athlete that didn't uh, get selected yes which means yes. i should be 45th the the tricky part was is that he protested 
So, which is fair enough. Like if I qualified for the Olympics myself and my country said, no, we're just not, we're not, not only not sending someone else, we're just not sending you at all full stop. I'd probably do the same. I'd, I'd want to chase my dream with every, with every, everything I could. Um, but the thing is with him putting in the protest is that Great Britain couldn't withdraw him from the list. Yeah, so he's he's in at this point um, and World Athletics have, have set, uh, basically said to Great Britain, are you going to nominate him? And they said, no, we're not going to nominate him. So he's protested this. And because he's protested it, Great Britain can't withdraw him because if they withdraw him and his protest goes through, they can't put him back in. So they have to wait for his protest to get denied before they can take him off the list, which then would make me 45th. Um, so that went through eventually, but it went through like hours to spare. So then fortunately, um, Great Britain put the paperwork through and then Athletics Australia were like amazing. And then like rushing my paperwork through and, and getting it all done. Like, as I said, like literally hours to spare. So it was, I was, I was pretty fortunate from that. And I think, um, it was one of the cool things about the games actually, but qualifying for the games is that, yeah, like I was convinced that I wasn't going. Like, I was like, I'm not going, this is it, this sucks. Um, and I'd actually contacted Jared Clifford and, well, actually, I couldn't get on the boat. I told Philo, I said, um, hey, mate, I just got the news. I, I didn't get picked. So um, if you need me for the Paralympics, let me know. So I'm around now. But, um, yeah, then I had, a, I guess I had the awkward chat with him a week later and called him up and said, hey, sorry, I can't do it anymore. I'm going to the Olympics. Mate, yeah, what a great conversation to have to have. That's, um, yeah, so yeah. it's a, it's a, it must be a crazy experience, man. Like I, I often used to think about just what that would feel like to, to be named on the team and I guess just insert all the cliches, is it? Just a, just a crazy experience of. Yeah, it's just surreal. Like, I mean, I, I've tried my best to describe it a lot, but I, I just can't really. Like, it's a, like I, I just feel like I'm a dog chasing a truck and then I catch it. Like, <laughs> what do you, what do you do now? Like, I'm a dog, <laughs> I've got a truck. Like, it's just, it's, it's surreal. It's overwhelming. It's amazing. It's, it's everything in between. Like, it's just like, yeah, I was just, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, and it was a massive contrast too to what most people in the team <clears throat> probably experienced. I remember chatting to Raino and I was like. How does it feel when like they announced you in the team? You guys, oh, it's, I don't know. It's just a procedural thing. I already knew I was going. Yeah. Like it's so yeah, different. Yeah. Like once once the window closes for them, and they're like, well, there's only three of us with it. I'm going. Whereas yeah, for me, it's almost like like the window closing. I got told I'm not going, and all of a sudden I am going. It's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's probably something that hindered my performance on the day because like one, I had that race that I didn't really need to chase it in the end. That hurt me a fair bit. Two, emotionally, just all over the place. And three, you've got to pick yourself up out of that and then get yourself ready to race in the highest um, pressure setting that you've ever been in your life um, through COVID. And you've only got three and a half weeks to do it. That was the first event. So I couldn't even see really anyone else compete before me and be like, okay, well, this is what it's like out there. I, I was the, like, I was the first event of the program. So this, I was like, this is it, got to do it, got to pull myself together. And that, yeah, yeah. that probably hurt me a little bit in the end. Like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at the whole psychology stuff, but that, that probably tested my limits a little bit. Man, I can imagine. What a, what a crazy experience. So is it pretty much you, you fly over to Tokyo, you, you pack your bags in, are you allowed out for your, for your easy run or, or like what's the structure well, around training so, and stuff? So we basically, um, what do we do? So we we yeah, so when we, we, we did a cans for training camp before and that was fine. And then we um 
went to Tokyo and we're in the village the whole time. The village is like a whole suburb. It's huge. Oh, sweet. So we just did all our running. Oh, we did all our jogging around the village. Um, and then for track specific stuff, they got buses. So yeah. we just went to the we just went to the track. Um, I actually smashed a hurdle two days before my race. I mean, I, was, I went into full panic mode. That's another another good reason about having Diddick around and being telling me how to do life. So I was, into, I was into full panic mode. It just wasn't that bad. Like, I was like, I'm going to have a huge bruise. I need, I need ice, any implants. I need it all now. Like, give it to me now. It's like, <laughs> you need to chill out and go for a run. Like, just go for your warm down. And I was like, I came back and I was just like, Oh, thank you for telling me to do that. I was just off. I was, I was losing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, what a uh, what a roller coaster. Did they um mm. uh, did they have those cardboard beds? I remember seeing uh, one of the Kenyan athletes making jokes about how the Olympic athlete, like the Olympic, what do you say? Wherever, what is it? The Olympic Village is usually like a big mm. romp fest where the beds are just clearly not going to hold up. So, what were the yeah, um? Oh, was it I to find? I mean, I I obviously like. I was only there for like a week and um my obviously take advantage of a girlfriend and um <laughs> yeah. they were yeah but I mean they were pretty sturdy like um I saw this like TikTok of the New Zealand I think rugby seven team like two of them jump on the bed and then four of them jump on the bed then eight of them and then there's like like the whole bed is filled with people jumping up and down on it and the bed held up fine like I know oh, okay yeah yeah so it wasn't like I think I think that overplay. Um, apparently, they were going to have um, beds like that originally. Anyway, it was like a recycle, recycling, sustainability thing. And then after COVID hit, then everyone was like, "Oh, they're doing it to to prevent, you know, like people sleeping together and COVID risks." And it wasn't true at all. Was, <laughs> okay. They they just they just made it as like a recycling sustainability thing, which I think was a nonsense thing. Dude, that's so strange. It's not like the media at all just to make a story that's completely untrue, <laughs> a headline. That's, um, I've been sucker punched by him. But, uh, hey, dude, I want to keep talking to you. But as you know, we've, we've uh, had the internet cut out twice now on my end. I've got to speak yeah. to NBN. Um, so, dude, I, I know you've been on twice now, but let's let's catch up sooner than what that break was because um, I always enjoy talking to you, man. It's just an easy conversation. And uh, I wanted to pick your brains a little bit just about what's been going on, but also hear a bit about that Um. That story so i feel like i'm cutting it short unfortunately but i'm also nervous that we're going to get halfway through a story and then it's going to cut out again so we'll um that's all right i'll get my editing you can leave it for on. next time yeah bloody oath nah but thanks for coming on man it's um it's great to catch up again good to see your good looking face oh, cheers mate good to see yours too <laughs> all right brother i'll cut it off there but um dude that was great thanks thanks man sorry um sorry i sort of had to cut it off a bit sooner than i wanted to i'm just i'm nervous this thing's going to cut out again i have no idea what's going that's on all right I mean, it's gone for about an hour anyway. Like, no one wants to listen too long to it. No one wants to listen to my boring monotone voice for too long. Oh, anyway. probably, you'd be surprised. Probably better doing it short chunks. Dude, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Um, nah, people are going to love it. People are going to love it, especially these stories, because like I feel like it's a bit of a feel-good story. I reckon your name's attached to that. Like, yeah. Anyone, especially in the running scene, people who know your story, it'd be cool for them to, yeah. to get a Actually, bit that of, was one of the, That was one of the really cool things is that... Um, like leading in to like me getting named, it was, it was pretty amazing seeing all the support on like Athletes Australia and stuff I was getting. And then obviously after I got named, like your phone just goes off the hook. So that was that was that was pretty cool too to 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 see that certain people actually cared about me kind of thing. Yeah, man, bloody oath, bloody oath, what a crazy ride! But mm. that's cool. What's and it's cool as well. What the fact it was delayed. You're only what like two and a half years away from your next one. 
Yeah, it's only three. I mean, it was three away from when we finished, I guess. So yeah, yeah it's about two and a half to go, which each yeah. makes it a bit a, a bit more mentally easier to aim for, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, I'll let yeah, I'll let you go. But um, man, I'll try and uh, I'll try and get my editing skills on and maybe get up tomorrow. All right. Cheers, mate. Sounds All good. All right, brother. Thanks again, man.